Catholic Connection is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Welcome to Catholic Connection with Teresa Tamio, keeping you connected to your faith and your world. Teresa tackles the issues of faith and culture, the pro-life message, and media awareness. And now, here's Teresa Tamio. On a Thursday morning, it's July 6, 2023. Hope you're having a great day. We have lots coming up on the program today. Hope you can stay tuned. And quick heads up, our area of uh, southeastern Michigan has been having major internet issues. So I'm just putting a disclaimer out there that we are prepared, but, you know, hey, it's live radio. You never know what's going to happen. In the meantime, though, we do have a great lineup. Of course, it's Thursday, and we have Father Mitch Pacwa scheduled. He's going to give us our cultural connections. A couple of stories out of Rome that are going to be talking about. The Holy Father is asking us to really focus on the Eucharist and his monthly prayers, the prayers for July. So we'll talk about the importance of focusing on Jesus, the source and summit of the faith. And one of the beautiful statements Holy Father made was, if you go to Mass and you're the same after you leave Mass than you were before you went to Mass, then there's a problem. You have to be moved. You have to be changed. The Eucharist needs to do something. And how do we get people to embrace the beauty and the truth of the sacrament, the source and summit of our faith, body, blood, soul, and divinity? And then other stories as well. Interesting effort going on by the Vatican to connect and collect recent stories, connect with people who knew martyrs, but also collect their stories, martyrs of the Christian faith, recent stories, to remind people of those who are so brave and believe in their freedom of religion so much and believe in Jesus so much that they're willing to lose their lives for it. And shouldn't we all be like that? So it's an opportunity for examples, and the Vatican is working on collecting an entire entire list of these recent martyrs which are many and then good lord willing the creek don't rise 39 minutes past the hour alejandro monteverde the director of sound of freedom angel.com forward slash freedom i was telling my uh, listeners in the first hour of the program before we were interrupted by internet interruptions that deacon dom and i tried to go to the movie uh over the weekend and we couldn't find any tickets which is actually I guess a good problem to have, good news and bad news. Now, this film is surpassing all expectations, and Hollywood is, like, scratching their head. Now, they shouldn't be. Now, if they really cared about various issues and wanted to make an impact, I mean, this topic, this issue of sex trafficking is so massive and so important. It's affecting everyone in our country, in our own backyards, around the world, in South America, in Central America, in North America, everywhere. The scourge of trafficking, and it's based on the true story of a man who worked for Homeland Security but did not feel that the government was doing enough, so he basically developed his own underground railroad, so to speak, and getting people together, experts together, to save more kids. And then when he raises money, he gives it to law enforcement to make sure they have the tools that they need to make a bigger difference in this growing problem. So it's a phenomenal movie based on the true story starring Jim Caviezel. And there was another interview that Raymond Arroyo did last night. He was filling in for Laura Ingram on the Ingram Angle and did another beautiful interview with Jim Caviezel. But if you haven't seen the one from last week that was on The World Over with Raymond, you have to watch it. And all these shows are archived. So all you need to do is go to EWTN.com slash The World Over and you'll find it. So that's the lineup for today. Here is a look at the weather Strong to severe storms and heavy rain expected from the north-central high plains into the central plains over the next few days. Heat advisories and excessive heat warnings are in effect for several locations 
across the lower 48 with some concern of a long-term heat wave in parts of the southwest and southern U.S., air quality issues persisting in multiple locations, especially major metro areas. And we'll have more on weather in the news, which are going to start right now, already four minutes past the hour. It is a Thursday morning, July 6th, and you're listening to EWTN. In a move to foster devotion among the faithful, the Apostolic Penitentiary has granted a request from Cardinal Kevin Joseph Farrell, Prefect of the Dicastery for the Lady Family and Life. As Devin Watkins reports in the Vatican, the Cardinal requesting that a plenary indulgence be granted to Catholics taking part in the upcoming Third World Day for Grandparents and the Elderly, which was instituted by Pope Francis. The World Day will be celebrated on July 23rd under the theme, His Mercy is from Age to Age. In a decree issued on Wednesday by the Apostolic Penitentiary and approved by Pope Francis, the plenary indulgence will be granted to grandparents, the elderly, and all faithful who participate in the solemn celebration presided over by the Pope in St. Peter's Basilica, as well as to all those who attend Mass in various parts of the world. The indulgence is subject to the usual conditions of sacramental confession, reception of the Eucharist, and prayer for the intentions of the Holy Father. A plenary indulgence offers remission of the temporal punishment due to sins already forgiven, which can be applied to oneself or to the souls in purgatory. The Apostolic Penitentiary extends the same plenary indulgence on the same day to those who dedicate significant time to visit, either in person or by virtual means of communication, their elderly brothers and sisters who are in need of facing difficulties such as the sick, abandoned, and disabled. For those unable to leave their homes due to serious reasons, spiritual participation in Mass celebrated for the World Day will also grant them the opportunity to attain a plenary indulgence. However, the indulgence requires that the faithful maintain detachment from sin and intend to fulfill the three usual conditions as soon as possible. The Apostolic Penitentiary's announcement offers the faithful an opportunity to deepen their spiritual lives, express charity towards the elderly, and seek God's mercy in a special way. The third World Day for grandparents and the elderly serves as a reminder of the invaluable wisdom, experience, and love that older generations offer to society and the Church. I'm Devin Watkins. Cardinal Robert Sarah, Prefect Emeritus of the Dicastery for Divine Worship and the Discipline of the Sacrament, stressing, as Catholic News Agency explains this morning, that the priesthood is unique, and he's warning that no council, no synod can invert a female priesthood. In his conference on the priesthood entitled Joyful Servants of the Gospel, given July 3rd in Mexico City, the Cardinal assuring that no one has the power to transform this divine gift to adapt it and reduce its transcendent value to the culture and environmental field. He said it's a divine gift that must be received, understood, and lived, and that the church has always sought to understand and enter deeper into the real and proper being of a priest as a baptized man, called to be an altar Christus, another Christ, Christ himself, to represent, to conform, and to be configured and mediated in Christ with priestly ordination. And again, for more details, catholicnewsagency.com has a full story. As we mentioned, severe weather threatening the central U.S. from Illinois to Colorado. People are being told to watch out for damaging winds and large hail, as well as possible isolated tornadoes, especially in the plains. Farther east, heat alerts are being posted across Florida today, where high temperatures are expected to hit the upper 90s, which feels like temperatures going up to 110. In the desert area of the southwest, there's no real relief in sight for the metro Phoenix area. Arizona is expected to be anywhere from 112 to 116 degrees throughout the weekend. 
A judge is barring the White House from contact with social media sites. The injunction is in response to Republicans accusing the Biden administration of coercing social media companies to censor its critics. Yeah, it's a great victory uh, for the Constitution, for the First Amendment. That's Louisiana Attorney General Jeff Landry who helped bring the case to the courts. The Louisiana judge saying the Biden administration cannot limit or censor protected free speech on their platforms. The core of the lawsuit centering around what the White House said was COVID vaccine disinformation. The judge, however, noting the White House efforts to censor seem to be targeting conservative free speech. And Landry agrees that the Biden administration tried to silence those who were against it. Arguably, this could be the most massive attack of a First Amendment uh, right uh, in the history of the United States. Meanwhile, the Florida Department of, or the Department of Justice is going to appeal a court's decision to limit the Biden administration's talks with social media companies. And the Secret Service is investigating how a small bag of cocaine ended up in the White House. Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre telling reporters yesterday it was found in a heavily traveled area where many West Wing visitors walked through. She noted the president and his family were away at Camp David when the drugs were discovered by Secret Service over the weekend. Brian Shook tells us former President Trump's campaign says it's already raised $35 million in 2023 second quarter. That's about double the amount Trump pulled in during the first quarter of the year. The increase in fundraising came as Trump faced criminal indictments. Trump's fundraising committee is split into two parts, his official campaign and his political action committee that focuses on expenses like his legal bills. The campaign's fundraising efforts have leaned heavily into Trump's indictments, like requesting supporters to, quote, make a contribution to peacefully defend our movement from the never-ending witch hunt. The Pentagon making changes to how military personnel access classified information, this following a massive leak of top secret documents earlier this year. An internal review of policies concluded the Defense Department should improve its security posture and accountability measures. And Phil Hewlett tells us spending on political advertising for the 2024 elections has already doubled what was spent for the 2020 cycle. The polls don't open for another 15 months yet in this off year. Ad Impact reports that more than $453 million have been spent so far. By this time in the 2020 election calendar, less than $222 million was spent on political campaigns. Consultants believe this trend will continue up until Election Day. In New Jersey, two Newark firefighters are dead after battling a major blaze late last night. Newark's mayor, Ross Baraka, went to a ship docked at Port Newark where that fire broke out. We had a response from fire service companies all over the state who came here to help us uh, look for uh, lost fire guys from the city of Newark who unfortunately did not make it. The fire breaking out on multiple cars on the ship. Newark's fire chief says firefighters attempted to put out the blaze but got pushed back by intense heat and the two firefighters were lost while backing away. Several other firefighters were also hurt and sent to the hospital. The U.S. Navy says it prevented Iran from seizing two tanker ships in the Gulf on Wednesday. Chevron said one of the seizure attempts involved its Richmond Voyager crude carrier. The U.S. oil company saying all crew on board are safe. Nikki Magayas tells us California taxpayers are being warned by the IRS to be on the lookout for a new scam that tries to trick people into believing they're owed a refund. 
Rafael Tolino with the IRS says the new scheme involves a mailing in a cardboard envelope from a delivery service. Basically is a lure to get you to provide driver's license information and a picture and your SSN and perhaps your bank account information. The enclosed letter includes the IRS masthead and wording that the notice is in relation to your unclaimed refund. It'll also include contact information that doesn't belong to the IRS. Tolino says the IRS never initiates contact with taxpayers by email, text, or social media regarding a bill or tax refund. Those looking to travel internationally, well, you need to get a jump start on that passport application amid an unprecedented demand. The State Department is advising people to submit applications or passports at least six months before their travel dates. Current processing times around 10 to 13 weeks. An extradited processing will take seven to nine weeks not including the time it takes to send the application through the mail. The agency also says it's meeting those estimated processing times in a vast majority of cases, but they're still swamped with around 400,000 applications every single week. UPS and Teamsters are still not seeing eye-to-eye in new contract negotiations, and a strike could be on the horizon. Company officials and the International Brotherhood of Teamsters have so far this week been unable to come to an agreement after discussing details. A strike has already been authorized if a new deal is not reached by the end of this month. And a 98-year-old woman can put another peach tree road race under her belt. The Atlantic Journal-Constitution reporting Betty Limber completing her 34th running of the event in 2 hours and 15 minutes, which was 5 minutes under her goal, and she broke the world record for her age group in last year's Atlanta Public's 5K. Lindbergh's daughter says, nah, she'll be running at 100. And finally, in our news segment at about 14 minutes past the hour on a Thursday morning, July 6th, Mark Mayfield tells us millennials, apparently the worst offenders when it comes to lying on social media as well as in the workplace. A new survey from online casino Playstar looked at more than 1,300 people to ask them how much they lie. More than 1 in 10 millennials say they lie at least once a day. On the other hand, only 2% of baby boomers admitted the same. Some of the biggest areas of deception include fabricating something on a resume and lying on social media to impress others. It's a Thursday morning. Hope it's going well for you. Hope you're enjoying the summer. Be safe out there with all the warm weather. Take care of yourself and especially the elderly. When we come back, Father Mitch Pacwa, our Cultural Connections on a Thursday. Stay tuned. If you've never been to EWTN's free family celebration, this is your year. Your EWTN family is waiting for you where it all began in Birmingham, Alabama. Join us Saturday, August 26th as we celebrate Mother Angelica's love for the Eucharist and mark the centennial year of Mother's birth. For more information on this free event, visit EWTN.com slash family celebration. We want to see you there. This program is brought to you in part by Charity Mobile, a proud partner of Ave Maria Radio for over 15 years. Charity Mobile is the pro-life cell phone company and has sent nearly $2 million to thousands of pro-life charities. 4G LTE coverage is available nationwide, and 5% of your monthly plan price goes to your favorite pro-life charity. A video introduction is available at CharityMobile.com. Charity Mobile, everyday living, effortless giving. CharityMobile.com. Would you get on a plane that doesn't have a pilot? Investing in passive index mutual funds may present the same issue. The Ave Maria mutual funds are actively managed by seasoned investment professionals to help you meet your investment goals in a morally responsible way. Ave Maria funds are managed to conform to pro-life and pro-family values. 
Long-term investors could invest in the no-load Ave Maria Mutual Fund. You can learn more about the Ave Maria Mutual Funds at 866-AVE-MARIA or visit AveMariaFunds.com. People ask how they can care for older family members who can't fully care for themselves. One answer is Visiting Angels, America's choice in senior home care. Visiting Angels assists adults nationwide with 600 locations to continue living at home and not have to move into a nursing home. Their caregivers provide assistance in hygiene, meals, and light housework. Services are provided up to 24 hours per day, and you can select your caregiver before service begins. More information, including franchise opportunities, is on the web at visitingangels.com. Sixteen minutes past the hour, Thursday, July 6th. On Thursdays, we have a segment called Cultural Connections with our dear friend, an amazing teacher and witness and scripture scholar and host on EWTN, Father Mitch Pacwa. So, Father, I think this is really important. The Pope is establishing a commission for new martyrs, witnesses of the faith. And I'm reading right from Mm -hmm. the Vatican News website. In view of the Jubilee of 2025, the Holy Father decides to create a working group at the Dicastery for Causes of the Saints to draw up a catalog of all Christians and only Catholics who have shed their blood to confess Christ in the last quarter of a century. Why do you think this is so important right now, Father? Your thoughts? Yeah, two things. Uh, There's a wonderful book about martyrs by John Allen. Uh, He used to be a National Catholic reporter and Mm -hmm. done a variety of things for, I think, ABC and Boston Globe. And he uh, did research and pointed out that there have been about 75 million Christian martyrs in the last 2,000 years. But 40 million of them died in the last 100 years. That's over, over half of the Christian martyrs died in the last century. Wow. And, the, and less than half died in the previous 1900 years. Mm. This is uh, significant for a number of reasons. It points out that you know, the, the first mass martyrdom since the Roman Empire, as far as I can tell, was during the French Revolution in the Vendée region, and that 200,000 people in western France, the precise area that had been evangelized by St. Louis de Montfort. Hmm. They were strongly committed to the Sacred Heart. They did not want the government imposing fake priests on them, and they didn't want to uh, have... uh, the French changed all the calendar and everything, and they died for their faith. Now, you keep moving forward, the more leftist governments become, the more violent they become. So it was the nationalism of the Turks that sought the killing of the one and a half million Armenians in 1915 to 17. It wasn't Islam. It was Turkish nationalism that they had learned when they were studying in France. The Nazis 
and the uh, the the communists. The communists were far by worse by far than anyone in history. You know, so that most of the martyrs in the last century were in Eastern Europe, especially among the Orthodox and the uh, uh, Eastern Catholics, the Greek Catholics of Ukraine and other parts of Eastern Europe, uh, as well as in Poland, and uh, which is uh, Roman Rite. Mm-hmm. And they've borne the brunt of this. Now it continues because leftist governments in particular and nationalistic governments, and here's what an uh, important distinction for people to understand. Nationalism is not the same as patriotism. Mm-hmm. Patriotism is being proud of what the ancestors did, and patriotism is the willingness to protect other people in your nation. Uh, so you have pride of history as well as willingness to serve your nation, both in protection as well as helping build it up. Nationalism is an idea where the concept of the nation takes priority over God <laughs> and over the church. That's I'm, the I'm chuckling because so much of that, the attitude is happening right now in this country, not some in some foreign land. This somewhere. is why it is so relevant. And it's a, you're exactly right. And we reject patriotism, which is a virtue. It comes from the word father. And, but what happens is people go to ideologies. And when ideologies are not put in place, look at the anger, the rage that comes on the faces of ideologues, Antifa, and many other ideologues. There's a rage, and they're driven by anger, and they attack religious people. We've seen hundreds of attacks on Catholic churches here. But in, uh, that, so that's the dominant form of persecution. Now, well, well, look what happened on are, 4th of July with so many people here in America attacking the, the nation and saying that this is, this is not a country it, built on freedom and, and, and screaming and yelling, right. and even, the, even the owners of Ben & Jerry's. <laughs> Didn't they use Just make ice cream. Just make ice cream, Maybe please. They can't even do that anymore. I don't know. But at any rate, um, you, you, yeah, that's uh, that would be another example. Um, great hearing from fat guys who make ice cream. Well, it's interesting. The, we're talking um, about this on the feast of Saint Maria Gretti today, right? Yes, another martyr. Yeah, yes, young martyr, yes, youngest martyr. Yes, yeah, yeah. And uh, the, um, the 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 second. Uh, area now where there's martyrdom. Communism is ongoing martyrdom in uh, what's left of Christianity in North Korea and the growing Christianity of communist China uh, are places where there still are uh, lots of martyrs. Um, And we have to pray for them. But that's still going on. You also have nationalistic groups that sometimes uh, are, are portrayed as right-wing. Um, but you have to look at that, uh, what that means. They're opposed to communists sometimes, but because they have another system of not uh, of socialism. A good example would be Hitler. Hitler was not a capitalist. He was a socialist. 
That's what Nazism stands for, National Socialist Workers Party. Party, right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so they were committed to a different kind of left-wing uh, economics. But, again, they had an idea, and, I, and that idea was more important than human beings. Now, the other area where we also see martyrdom taking place today is in countries where uh, certain forms of Islam have come into play. So uh, we've seen this in uh, places uh, like uh, Iran, uh, you know, where there's a growing Christian population, and in uh, uh, Iraq and Syria, where Christians were, were horribly persecuted during, uh, but it's not all forms of Islam, and that's something very, very important to understand, that some forms of Islam do that kind of persecution, but not mm-hmm. all, by mm-hmm. any means. Yeah. And what we uh, see is that uh, many times, um, you know, Muslims are themselves more persecuted for their form of Islam by some of the other Muslims. Uh, You know, in fact, overall, more Muslims have died in Muslim terrorism than have Christians, but Christians do die. There's no doubt of that. And uh, there's uh, still in uh, eastern parts of the uh, you know, our civilization, and uh, you, you see persecution of Christians going on. Yeah. Well, I think this is a really important step, and hopefully it will elevate this issue and hope, have people realize what's going on around the world and also the white martyrdom we continue to see in this country. More with Father Mitch Pacwa. Next up, discussing the Holy Father's prayer intentions for July with an emphasis on the Eucharist. We'll be right back. Can a stressed brain lead to weight gain? I'm Chuck Gatica, and this is Journey Strong. When things go too right or too wrong in my life, I go for cookies or ice cream. How about you? A study in the journal Neuron indicates that chronic stress can make the brain crave sweet, comfort foods. Apparently, stress can override some of our brain's natural responses to eating. This leads to our eating comfort foods, which leads to a vicious circle of the brain needing to be continuously rewarded to eat a higher-calorie diet. This leads to more food intake with preferences for sweet foods. For this, you get weight gain and even obesity. The vicious circle continues. Avoiding a stress-filled life is important for so many health reasons. Eating healthy is critical every day, but we all get stressed. When that happens, double down on healthy eating and ditch the junk food. Check out the Journey Strong tab for more on this at the homepage of AveMariaRadio.net. Father Benedict Groeschel. I usually am operating on the gifts of the Holy Spirit when I don't feel well, even when I'm annoyed, when I'm down and out. During my recovery from the automobile accident, immense numbers of people wrote to me and sent me emails, 50,000. And they told me how helpful they thought my talks on EWTN were to them. I'm delighted. 
But I want you to know, I'm nobody's fool. The talks that were helpful, the sentences that were helpful, the phrases that were helpful came from the Holy Spirit. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. And the styrofoam packaging came from me. I did that. And styrofoam doesn't amount to very much. EWTN. Live truth. Live Catholic. 28 minutes past the hour. Welcome back. Catholic Connection, a co-production of the Ave Maria Radio Network and EWTN, Global Catholic Radio Network, EWTN.com and AveMariaRadio.net. If you are the same at the end of Mass as you were at the beginning, something is wrong. That is a quote from the Holy Father from his video on his prayer intentions for the month of July. We're chatting with Father Mitch Pacwa for our cultural connections that we do every Thursday. So this is really beautiful, Father. I think it's very important. And his new prayer intention, the Holy Father inviting us to see the celebration of the Eucharist, not as an obligatory ritual, but rather as an encounter with the risen Jesus. For the Eucharist, he says, is the presence of Jesus, which is profoundly transforming. But the question is, why aren't we, a lot of us, transformed when we walk out of Mass? If we're receiving the body, the blood, right, soul and divinity of our Lord. Yeah, yeah. There's, uh, and, and there'd be a wide variety of reasons uh, for the difficulties that we have. Um, uh, I was recently speaking to a bishop who was very well aware of the the Pope's uh, uh, attitude on, you know, this, uh, the, the, the question of the Eucharist, and how really this is a, a big concern of his. Um, unfortunately, not all of our bishops uh, are in favor of this Eucharistic uh, movement uh, and this Eucharistic renewal. Uh, but one of the things that, uh, whether they are or not, the Pope is, and uh, the people know they need it. I think there's a combination of uh, we've had some really, really poor catechesis mm-hmm. on the liturgy. So people are, uh, we, we've been focusing on the Mass as a place where we find fellowship. It shows up in our hymnology even. That you know, uh, it, it, some of the hymn writers focus much more on what we are doing than they do on what God is doing at the liturgy, and they'll also focus on how at mass we are um, missing the aspect of the sacrificial part of mass, and if you don't understand the Mass as sacrifice in which you give yourself and in which you encounter Christ, you are going to miss the the meaning of Mass. Mm-hmm. And if you reduce it to, well, this is a time for fellowship. And it's amazing to me how many folks who grew up in the 50s, 60s and 70s treat it that way. When when I visit some parishes, uh, this happened more in Florida, it was not the young people who were causing noise. It was the older, older people, people yeah. who mm-hmm. are just using this, oh, hi, oh, I love that hat. Oh, what a cute dress. You know, and, uh, <laughs> Shut up! 
I, I had that issue. It, it was, I, I want to be. Was, like, yeah. I, I start to. I start to uh, channel my uh, sister Ida. <laughs> <laughs> well, I had that situation, and it was uh, it was Good Friday, and I and I got there early for the service, and, and you know, obviously Dominic serving at, at our parish, and there are these lovely elderly ladies sitting at the end of the pew, and they were talking so loudly, I heard every bit of their discussion, and I kind of looked over at them and kind of made you know this is our pastor has made it clear that when you're in the church, that is the quiet time, you do not talk, and we have a special gathering space outside where you can you know mingle with people and whatnot, yes. you go for your coffee and donuts. He's made that very clear repeatedly in his emails, at the homilies, everything. And they're just talking so loudly. And so I finally got up and I walked over and I said, yeah, I, well, I just want to. Yeah, well, I said, you know, um, I don't know if you realize this, but I heard every bit of your conversation and people are coming early so they can get their minds in the right place. So please, you know, if you want to talk and you go outside. Oh, they got all mad at me. We are not talking. And I said, okay, then why? Then I explained to her what I heard in her conversation, what she was doing the past day, where she was going about that. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. then she looked at me and she says, oh, well, blah, 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 blah. And it was just, it, it was amazing. They were so loud. <laughs> and this was Good Friday for crying out loud. Not that it's acceptable any other time. But, but again, this appreciation for what's going on. And I'll tell you, Father, the opposite experience. We had the, the wedding of a good friend of ours, his son. And this was at a beautiful uh, church in downtown Detroit. We had two bishops, eight priests, and a deacon being my husband. And there were so many people who are not Catholic there. And yet there was so much reverence for the Mass, for the Eucharist. The Mass was just, it was like a slice of, of Catholic heaven. And several of my yeah. friends who are non-Catholic came up to me and were asking me questions about the service. And they went up, knowing they couldn't receive, but went up for a blessing. They're still talking about that Mass. And these are people who are not even in the Catholic Church, about how, how See, moved they were. And, and this is where, uh, again, the, the second liturgical error that has been made was the uh, it's not the case so much anymore but the blessed sacrament had been removed to another place right because liturgists taught that the presence of Jesus in the blessed sacrament was a distraction at a distraction mass. when when the eucharist is a source and summit of our faith okay a distraction and well and it, well think about it, then my question came to be for them when they would say that to me if Jesus is a distraction, who exactly is the main attraction here? Right, right. You know, this is where we we need to have the Mass as a place where we focus on Jesus Christ. Amen. And this, uh, so that's one of the things. And the the Pope is um, very, very concerned about. Um, you know, uh, Eucharistic adoration being part of what, uh, you know, Catholics do. Uh, he wants to see that. And that helps, to, as uh, Pope uh, St. John Paul had put it, it extends the Mass beyond the time of Mass. You extend, uh, you know, the time because again, at mass, you, you you do have to move on. It's not meditate personal meditation time. It is the the communist celebration, and so it comes to an end. But you can extend that mass by Eucharistic adoration, taking time after mass to make a Thanksgiving, and the. The, the other thing that, like you, did, you mentioned, you came to Mass early, to come there to pray. 
Mm-hmm. It, before Mass starts. And some people say, well, I don't like the way the priest... Stop whining. Come to church earlier and pray for the priest. If, if he is doing something that isn't quite right, come there and pray for him. Come and spend time with Jesus. If the altar boys and girls are causing trouble, they, if they're distracted, pray for them. Before you come to Mass. Yep. Pray for the choir. Pray for the readers. You know, all that. It's, um, uh, this, it, we need to have more of a focus on Jesus. The world distracts us with lots of noise. Yep. Jesus wants us to enter into the silence with him and to discover him. And in discovering him, he will point the way for us to discover ourselves. Amen. Beautifully said, Father. Hey, you should do this for a living. What do you think? You'd be pretty good at it. Give it a I shot. Maybe we'll see you on TV so. or radio sometime. Father Mitch Bakwa, our Cultural Connections on a Thursday. Of course, you can catch him on many EWGM programs, both radio and TV, and his books and his great teaching on Scripture. EWTN.com, our very own Father Mitch Paco. We'll be right back on a Thursday morning. Stay tuned. Sixty seconds with Father Mitch Paco. Within the people of life and the people for life. That's who we are. The people of life and the people for life. Part of our self-identity. The family has a decisive responsibility. This responsibility flows from its very nature as a community of life and love, founded upon marriage and from its mission to guard, reveal, and communicate love. The family and marriage has a mission to guard love, to protect it from false forms of love, from false uses of people, using people and abusing them. It also is to reveal love and communicate love. This is part of the family's and marriage's purpose. You reveal love to the world. You know, people say, oh, marriage is just a piece of paper. That's baloney. This is you saying to the public, I'm loving my wife and my husband and my children till death do us part. The people you know and trust are on EWTN. Colossians chapter 1, verse 10. Live a life worthy of the Lord and please Him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, increasing in the knowledge of God. Knowledge by acquaintance is what St. Paul's talking here. We need to increase our acquaintance of God. What can we do to increase our knowledge of God? Well, study scripture, pray fast. But here's the obvious question. Are you increasing in the knowledge of God? Or are you simply kind of staying stable? You're living off past encounters. When we speak of increasing our knowledge of God, As I said, you can read all the books you want about God and you'll have lots of information, but it doesn't mean that you'll necessarily become acquainted with him. We need to know God by acquaintance, and that's what lies at the heart of all true religion. Cresta in the Afternoon, weekdays at 4 Eastern on EWTN Radio. Father Benedict Groeschel. I want to welcome you if you're not familiar with the wonderful world of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. What will America become if it makes it impossible for the Holy Spirit to work here because of untruth and self-indulgence and paganism? This is not just a nice discussion 
of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Because I'm going to discuss what happens when people make it impossible to be prudent, just, or honest, or brave, or courageous, or reverent. When people make that impossible, what a terrible thing they do not only to themselves, but to our society. EWTN. Live Truth. Live Catholic. Having a beautiful Thursday morning. It's July 6, 2023. You're listening to Catholic Connection, a co-production of EW10 and Ave Maria Radio. I'm so excited to interview the director of this amazing film and good news and bad news. The bad news is I haven't been able to see it because it's been sold out in Metro Detroit. The good news is that it's selling out everywhere. And The Sound of Freedom, according to a number of different websites, the ticket sales are smashing expectations while Disney's Indiana Jones falls flat. So, so excited to have the director of this beautiful film, Alejandro Monteverde, with us. Of course, his beautiful work in Bella actually won him an award, the actually top prize in the 2006 Toronto International Film Festival. Alejandro, thank you so much for joining us. And my goodness, um, your reaction to the ticket sales that are off the charts Good morning. Thanks for joining us. Hello. Good morning. Thank you for having me here. Uh, yes, I am so excited. I mean, I, I still cannot believe it when I woke up this morning trying to figure out if, <laughs> if it was a dream. So it is definitely a, an accomplishment. So we're so excited and grateful for all the audiences to, that came and supported this, this, this film. You know, now it has become a movement. Yeah, it has become a movement. Well, how did you do? Because I know the numbers are in for the pre-sales, but how did you actually do when the movie opened? Oh, my understanding is, you know, I'm not definitely, I'm, 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 uh, I'm more in the creative side, but the numbers that are public is, um, it's opening day, July 4th, we, we got around $14 million. Wow. So we were at the top of the box office uh, for July 4, which was the day of our opening day. Well, let's talk about how you became involved in directing this film. How did this all begin? Uh, it was around seven years ago. Uh, I was watching a news report. It was uh, pretty late at night, and it was NBC or 60 Minutes, one of those. Uh, news reports on, on child trafficking. And it was a short piece, like 15 minutes. But I remember it really shook my soul. And I realized, you know, I was introduced to that problem, to that darkness. But then I saw another darkness, the darkness of the people that know about it and do nothing about it, and I didn't want to be part of that. And so the next day I woke up and I started exploring and learning more about child trafficking, and that's when I decided to write a screenplay on a story on, on 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 this subject and to bring to bring light you know to bring light into this into this darkness so i started writing a a uh, a fictional story on this and to not make the story long around two months into it i get a phone call from the producer eduardo velasquez and says have you started writing and i was like no i'm about to I just finish the headline uh, with my co-writer rod Bart. And he says, well, stop. I want you to meet somebody. And that's when I was introduced to Kim Ballard. And ah. that's when I realized his life, yeah, his life surpassed fiction. It was better than fiction. 
Isn't that interesting? So you you were moved to write about this issue after seeing a story about it, and here comes this this man, Tim Ballard. It's based on a true story. So the Holy Spirit really working there. Oh, no question about it. Wow. Now, in terms of the choosing the actors, how much involvement does obviously the director has a lot of involvement in that? Correct. Yes, yes, yes. That was one of the big parts of of my job, of a director's job, is just definitely the casting. Um, but Gene Caviso, you know, he's one of my favorite actors. Mm-hmm. But I was a little too focused into finding somebody who physically looked a lot like Tim Ballard. So at that point, I I, I was not thinking on Gene. Um, and Tim Ballard calls me one day and he's like, you know, uh, I never told you who I want to play me. And I was like, no, who? And then he he mentioned Gene Caviso, and that's when kind of like we started exploring the the idea of going with him. So uh, when I met him for the first time, I realized how personal this subject matter was to him and how close to home was to him. He had already rescued himself. And for me to work with somebody who knows about the subject deeper and experienced than me, it's as a director, it's, it's, a, it's a blessing. So right away, we dyed his hair blonde, and then boom, when I put them together, it, it, the resemblance was incredible. So I was like, this is, this is everything. Everything kind of came together, and, and uh, just so grateful for, for his work. So you're in 2,600-plus locations now. Uh, based on the success, is, is it possible to get this into more theaters very soon, do you think? Uh, we should. I mean, if, if, if this weekend, that's why it's so important this weekend. And we have, I mean, we, we passed the first challenge, which was opening day, and everybody showed up, and so it was incredible. Um, and now we're going over the weekend. So if we get this, the weekend, if we get strong numbers, then yes. That 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 that's the next step. Is that we 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 hope that we get more more theaters so, yeah. so we can continue to to compete because the week after we get Mission Impossible, mm. so we do need you know our 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 you know we're 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 David against Goliath, but our David is it's smaller, so our uh, our stone is the audience. It's the audience showing up and 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 continuing to to spread the word on the film. Absolutely. We're talking with the director of the film Sound of Freedom, Alejandro Monteverde. Uh, so, so, Alejandro, interesting, today is the feast day of St. Maria Goretti, which uh, really, if you think about how she died, where a young man who worked on her farm uh, tried to rape her, and he was very influenced by pornography. So you think of some way this is related, even though this happened uh, so many decades ago with this young saint in Italy, a very timely that we're talking about this today. Why did you think Hollywood is, is addressing this issue of, of sex trafficking? Um, I mean, personally, I think it's because of the, the, the harshness of the subject matter and how hard it would have been to market a film like this. Um, that's my, my, my opinion. Um, but, you know, for my end, I, I just, you know, there's two kinds of movies that I want to make, the ones that I want to make and the ones that I'm called to make. And this definitely was a calling. It was not definitely a movie that I was... I woke up one day and was like, I, I want to make a movie about this. It was a, definitely a calling. And the beautiful part was that I, when I felt called to do that, it's when you make a movie, you have to put together a team, you know, all the way from the investors to the actors and so right. on. And every time that we were inviting people to the project, it felt like a calling to them. And right now, the movie, that's why I feel, is becoming more like a movement 
because it's, you know, when the movie, I like to make movies that begin when the movie ends and leaves you in a state of reflection. I think that's what's happening and it's becoming this movement. And I'm just so grateful to, to, to just be part of this because, you know, we can curse the darkness all day long, but that's not effective. It's right. not effective just to light a candle. And to me, lighting a candle is just showing up to see a film like this to create awareness and awareness to exchange, to create a conversation on this. Speaking of this movement, Raymond Arroyo did an interview with Jim Caviezel last night on Fox News. It was excellent. He also did a great, a longer one last week on The World Over on EW10, which was off the charts. It was so good. I watched it like two or three times all about the film and his involvement in it. But why do you think this is becoming a movement? Because this is a tough, it's a tough film to watch. I mean, and seeing some of the people saying that they're so glad they went to see it and it really raised their awareness. But it's not an easy film to watch because of the subject matter. So why do you think this has become a movement? Because I, I, I mean, I've, one of the things is, is because on this particular film, yes, it is a very dark subject matter, but we slow it to the lens of hope. So mm-hmm. it brings hope. And also it introduces a subject matter that it's hard to believe. You know, it's hard to believe that this such darkness exists and that this, the kids that were focused on kids are, are not the priority. Of, of the nations, you know, the, kids, the, the safety of children should be a priority worldwide. So this is shocking that this is happening and that nobody's really, you know, we know about the issue, but nobody's really doing much about it in terms of policies and, and, and all these ways that we could protect our children. So I feel like it, it is a darkness that, that right now, just by exploring it, uh, it's creating an awareness, and that awareness is what's making this movement and creating a, a, a movement. In terms of a follow-up film, Jim Caviezel mentioned in the interview with Raymond Arroyo last week on The World Over that there is a, there's a part two, so to speak, coming up. There's another film following this one. Any idea when that might come out and what will be some? Can you give us a little tease what will be some of the subject matter? Yeah, well, you know, Son of Freedom is an origin story. It's the first mission of Tim Ballard when he left everything. He left his, his federal... He was a federal agent. He left his work, you know, uh, mortgaged his house to go rescue these children that were, you know, for him, it's children that are kidnapped, don't have a nationality. For him, it's their children. It doesn't matter where they are, so he just goes. So the, this Son of Freedom is an origin story, and we wrote uh, a sequel, which is not really a sequel. It's a continuation of all the other missions that he did, and mm-hmm. we focus on Haiti, one that he did on Haiti where, where there's a lot of a lot of incredible and heroic uh, things that happen, but also cinematically, it's a massive journey. It's, a, it's, a, it's a, going to be a very powerful film. Now, now when will that be uh, hitting the theaters? Any idea? Uh, we're, we're, we just finished the screenplay, and right now we're, we're just in talks into figuring out the logistics. But it all, obviously, it all depends. Uh, but, you know, it's, even though Son of Freedom right now, it's it's it had an amazing start. We need the audiences to go and 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 really continue to support the film, so we can we can survive. We're in the battlefield right now. Right. So right. The audiences coming to watch the movie. It's definitely the ammunition we need to continue to stay in the theaters. So the best website for ticket information, Angel.com. Yes. 
Okay. And tickets, I know they're hard to come by. I was saying at the beginning of the interview, we tried to go see it this weekend, my husband and I, and it was sold out. But uh, in, in a way, I'm, I'm glad it was sold out. I'm disappointed I couldn't get tickets, but I want to see them sold out continuously. So angel.com and I think forward slash sound of freedom, but just do angel.com. Ticket sales are out there. And you can also still pay it forward, right, and buy tickets for other folks? Yes, yes. Still, even yeah. go and, and, and go to the film. I think they, they address that. I think we're getting bigger theaters for the weekend. So, uh, for what I understood from Angel Studios, is they, they, they have, you know, addressed the, the, the issue and spoke to the theater uh, chains in order for us to get bigger rooms. Yeah. Well, thank you for having the courage to take this on. It's such an important topic. And what I think is really important is that from what I've seen in the trailers and the interviews I've done, that you pull back and look at the big picture. But we all have to remember that this is also happening. You know, NIMBY, people say not in my backyard, but it is happening in their backyards, right? All over yes. America, all over the world. Yes. Yes. It is happening everywhere. I mean, just look at the news every day. There is The, the sad part is that, yes, you, you, you hear the news. But there is not a follow-up. It just kind of stays, and, and we get forgotten within 24 hours. But it's it's everywhere. Yeah. Alejandro, thank you for your courage and being out there in an industry that certainly is not friendly to uh, true freedom and the dignity of the human person. Your other work, Bella, uh, the great films that you've done and the people with whom you work, you're really making a difference. And you are lighting not just one candle, my friend, but I think hundreds of thousands of candles with this film. Thank you. Thank you so much for for amplifying the light as well. Yeah, and give give our listeners another shot in the arm and encouragement as to why they should go try to get tickets this weekend, especially the importance of that before we let you go. Well, thank you. Well, thank, first of all, thank you for having me here. And I just want to encourage everybody to come support our film this weekend because if, if, if we stay strong this weekend, then we'll stay in theaters. So it's, this, this weekend is so, so important that, that uh, everybody that has... Uh, a calling to come see the film, come and, and, and continue to support this, this, this movement. Amen to that. I'm talking with the director of the film Sound of Freedom, Alejandro Monteverde. You heard him. You want to light a candle, a big one? Go buy a ticket and buy it for someone else as well. We'll be right back. Hi, I'm Al Cresta. Our generation is the first in human history to widely reject that life has any overarching purpose. Morality is considered relative, and we're even uncertain about what it means to be a man or a woman. Catholics at this time need to be awake, not woke. Sit down with Renew Ministries' Peter Herbeck and I for an extended conversation with Noel Maring, author of Awake, Not Woke. It's available on the Renewal Ministries YouTube page or in the slider at AveMariaRadio.net. As Catholic parents, we know that parenting can be hard, frustrating, and lonely. But it doesn't have to be that way anymore. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak. And I'm Lisa Popchak from More to Life, inviting you to become a premium member of Catholic Home. That's CatholicHOM.com. It's an online community dedicated to supporting faithful parents like you. At Catholic Home, you can chat with our team of family life coaches every day. Get expert help with discipline issues. Self-care. Creating a stronger marriage. Living your faith at home. We're just coping with the stress of being a Catholic parent in today's world. In addition to the personalized expert support you'll get as a premium member of CatholicHOM.com, you'll get access to tons of creative resources. Check out entertaining videos that teach your kids to get along with each other and love the Lord. Downloadable activities. Monthly live parenting Q&As. A supportive community of faithful parents. And tons of other benefits like our exclusive Catholic Home podcast. Go to CatholicHOM.com today and become a premium member of the Catholic Home community. Remember, that's CatholicHOM.com. We can't, can't wait, wait to, to see, see you there. there. 
People ask how they can care for older family members who can't fully care for themselves. One answer is Visiting Angels, America's choice in senior home care. Visiting Angels assists adults nationwide with 600 locations to continue living at home and not have to move into a nursing home. Their caregivers provide assistance in hygiene, meals, and light housework. Services are provided up to 24 hours per day, and you can select your caregiver before service begins. More information, including franchise opportunities, is on the web at visitingangels.com. Thanks so much for tuning in to the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Tomorrow on a Friday, we have an update, an in-depth interview with Supreme Court expert and attorney Aaron Mercino from the Thomas More Law Center in Ann Arbor, Michigan, all about the big decisions that came out last week all in favor of things in which we believe strongly, especially in the area of religious freedom and First Amendment rights. Incredible cases that came up. We'll have the details tomorrow. And, of course, Fact Check Friday. We'll see you then. God bless. Have a great day. Adomani. You've been listening to Catholic Connection with Teresa Tamio. Catholic Connection is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Our producer is Andrew Kruchek. For copies of this program or for more information, visit AveMariaRadio.net. That's A-V-E-MariaRadio.net. Thanks for listening and join us next time for another edition of Catholic Connection.